Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest, and you are listening to Come Out of Her, My People. I always program the tribes of Aboriginal nations. Today's topic, people, you aren't who you think you are. I want to deal with relationships today. I want to speak on some of the things that we can do to help improve our relationships and speak on those things that are fake, false, and phony about us as people in relationship to how we deal in our relationships. And a number of other things that I want to bring up to hopefully help incite some thought that may get you to look at yourself and to look at your life and the lives of those around you in a more broad manner and hopefully we can get some healing going on within our communities and within this planet in general. Before we get started, I want to cover some current events. You know, they say death comes in threes. Ben E. King, the one who sang Stand By Me. Percy Sledge, when a man loves a woman. And B.B. King, the great blues guitarist and musician and singer, have all passed away. In the same time frame. Now, there's all types of controversy going on regarding the death of B.B. King. But to all of those who are loved ones or relatives to the aforementioned, I send my condolences all over the country. There are people who are suffering alarming things happening in their private lives with the loss of their loved ones and relatives. In Texas, unfortunately, the Texas floods have taken a number of lives. Homes have been destroyed. Automobiles have been destroyed. And I happen to have been in Texas at the time, in San Antonio, Texas, at the time when the flood started. 
not just one flood, but a series of floods traveling from Texas and through the surrounding states, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City getting hit as well. When you look all over the earth and see these natural disasters, and you look at where they go and whom they hit, be reminded that natural disasters are backed by a higher intelligence. I want to give a special shout-out to Dr. Boyce Watkins, a brilliant, brilliant man, whom I recently discovered some of his more recent works in the hip-hop community and in dealing with some of the things that he deals with, but just his overall consciousness and the brilliance of his mind and the love and, and commitment that he has to our people. If you are not aware of this man, this is someone that I would advise for all of our people to lend an ear to. And if you hear that he has something constructive to help us as a people, my advice to us all would be to support him. He's a brilliant man with a good heart and the right mind and seeking to lead our people into the right direction. I want to give a special shout-out to my brother, Militant Mike, and I want to thank you, brother, again for your support and let you know that I have gone through a lot since I last spoke with you, brother, but you are never far from my mind. And it is my hope that I will be able to catch up with you soon. I've been going through a number of transitions with the building of this nation and we're continuing to grow, and so it becomes a little bit more difficult for me to keep up with everyone, even those that I've been closest to and built relationships with. When you have your own personal challenges, such as I have had, it gets a little bit difficult to keep up with everyone. But there is no love lost at all. Please know, brother, your best interest is held by this nation. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support and your continued honesty and growth. You know, this brother, Militant Mike, you may have heard him on some blog talk radio shows calling in and speaking with various people. This is a solid brother, straight up and down all across the board. And for the times that I've been 
uh, speaking with him, he's been the same since day one. And that's important to me as an individual because it's not oftentimes that you can run into people and they just maintain who they are, and which is why I'm speaking on what I'm speaking about today because they change. People change, and you start seeing some newness in people. I'd rather see the same old one that I first met. You know, when they say the first impression is the last impression, well, I'd like to have a lasting impression in the first impression be a good impression. So when I speak on individuals like this, brother, I'm speaking from the bottom of my heart that it means a lot to me that there's consistency and integrity and just overall good, solid moral character in an individual. Thank you, brother. People, you aren't who you think you are. Haters. Yes, you are haters. Players. You're not a player. Some of you call yourself pimps. You're not a pimp. Some of you call yourself kings and queens and gods and goddesses. I'm not saying this to attack you. I'm saying this to give you a reality check. One of the things that we've got to stop doing as a people, we've got to stop being so sensitive. There are things that our people do and have done that are wrong. And when someone comes to point it out, we have got to stop being so sensitive and we've got to be honest with ourselves and we've got to look at ourselves and check ourselves. And when you lack the ability to check yourself, then the universe will send somebody to check you for you. So we got checked as a people and we're getting checked as a people every day. So I want to check with you, dear brothers and sisters, to see if you really are who you think you are. And I want to suggest to you that you are not. I'm going to speak on male and female impotence and relationships. So I'm going to ask you to lend your ear and allow me to guide you through this manner and approach that I utilize to try to deliver a particular message to you. My approach may not be like one that you are used to, but this is a gift that the Most High, the Creator, has bestowed within your brother. And I do my best to be honorable 
and respectful. So I want to start here. Now, you're not going to see where I'm leading with this, but I'm asking you to lend me your ear. There's a man named Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is on this uh, show on ESPN, I believe it is, uh, ESPN, ESPN 2, one of the two. I think it's ESPN. And it's an ESPN network. Let me make it uh, that clear. It's an ESPN channel. The show is called First Take. Now, Skip Bayless is the Caucasian man that debates with Stephen A. Smith, a brother whom I'm to understand, hopefully this is correct if I gathered this properly, that his origin is from the islands. So he would be of West Indian descent. He would be one of our brothers. Stephen A. Smith has his critics amongst our people. But I want to point out something that occurred specifically with Skip Bayless. And I want to point out this segment as the devil in Skip Bayless. I want you to see something. I'm not speaking on some religious thing. I'm not speaking on some racial thing. I'm not a racist. And as our Mr. Maccabeus has taught us, we want to use the word bigot. I'm not a bigot. I don't dislike people because of the color of their skin. No. I am a nationalist. And I'm not in love with our oppressors and enemies. But I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. So when I'm using this uh, term, the devil and Skip Bayless, I want to show characteristics and traits that have formulated into people's personalities. I want to show you this. Listen carefully. Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless debate often. This particular debate was concerning Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. And this debate really is a elongated debate because it's been going on for the five years that the people have been waiting on this fight. So now finally the fight happens, and there was a bet made, made between Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, and the bet was if Floyd Mayweather won, Skip Bayless will have to wear the money team's paraphernalia for two hours on the show. Now listen carefully. Floyd Mayweather won the fight. Skip Bayless comes on with the money team gear begins 
to run off why Floyd Mayweather, in his opinion, did not win the fight. So he takes off the gear and throws it at the camera. I don't have ESPN on TV or anything. I saw this on a YouTube clip. He says, this is Skip Bayless, that Manny Pacquiao won the fight, seven rounds to five, and that he gave Manny Pacquiao the fight, and why he says Manny Pacquiao won the fight. Now listen. A few months or so before that, and last year, I believe it was, yes, last year, San Antonio Spurs versus Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. They made similar bets. Stephen A. Smith lost the bet dealing with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I've only seen clips of this on YouTube, so just please follow me. If I misremember something, please forgive me. Stephen A. Smith honored the bet and wore the Dallas Cowboys gear onto the show as he agreed to. Skip Bayless, on the other hand, lost the bet, dishonors the bet, and then tries to explain why he's not going to honor the bet. The bet was not whether or not his opinion was that Floyd Mayweather would win versus Manny Pacquiao. His bet was that Manny Pacquiao would win the fight. Now listen. There are people on this earth that have made contracts and shook hands with others. And those others would be foreign nations to them. And there are people on this earth that have not honored their handshake agreements, their contractual obligations. And they have looked for ways to justify as to why they were not required to honor their contracts. And so they would make excuse after excuse after excuse because they would not want to accept the truth. The truth is Floyd Mayweather Jr. won the bout. Whether you like it or not, the judges all gave the bout to Floyd Mayweather. That was the bet. Personally, I think they should have suspended Skip Bayless for such a heinous act and a disrespectful act of what I saw of him throwing 
Floyd Mayweather's paraphernalia at the camera and dishonoring the vet, but more so in dishonoring the bet that he made on national television. And Skip uh, Stephen A. Smith said, listen, all bets are off from here on out. Don't ask me to get any more bets. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not honoring any more bets with you. Now, listen. Historically, brothers and sisters, there have been a people who have been like in skin color because they have been from the same national origin who have had the same type of practices of dishonoring their commitments and then trying to justify their dishonor or their commitment. Manny Pacquiao didn't lose the fight. I gave him seven rounds to five. I was told when I was coming up that the aggressor in the boxing match is the winner. Manny Pacquiao was the aggressor. Manny Pacquiao was the winner. Manny Pacquiao did not win. He lost. Now, in some of your minds, you can probably side with Skip Bayless and try to find quote-unquote loopholes around why he was not obligated to honor the bet. Freddie Roach, the trainer of Manny Pacquiao, made a bet with Stephen A. Smith over some shoes. Freddie Roach honored the bet. The bet wasn't whether Freddie Roach believed Manny Pacquiao would win. Before the fight, Freddie Roach said this should end all question about who's the best fighter. Manny Pacquiao is going to win, and he's going to knock Floyd out. He even said after the fight that he thought Manny was winning and won the fight. He honored the bet. So I'm saying to you that there's a personality trait that exists in people on this earth that people in religions have miscomprehended as some type of, they made it into some type of fairy tale character with a man with red pantyhose, horns, a pitchfork, and a tail. When in reality, there is a wicked, deceitful state of mind and personality trait that is in people on this earth that is devilish. Liars, lies, deceitfulness, lust-filled fornicators, promiscuous adulterers, backstabbers, backbiters, those who spread gossip, those who love 
a lie and love to wallow in lies and make lies and tell lies and share lies. These traits appear in actual flesh and blood living souls on this earth. So for those of us who are likened unto the heart of a Stephen A. Smith in this scenario, and we point out and see that the other party is dishonorable, and the other party has a forked tongue, meaning, as our Native American brothers and sisters would say, they have a forked tongue, meaning they don't keep their word. Their word is not their bond. And they are deceitful and angry when they do not get their way. They make up all of these excuses why they do not have to honor that commitment. And this is the devil or devilish ways in people. Everything that you can think of that is negative, wicked, and evil, that is operating through people and has become a part of their personality traits, has become historically a part of their cultures. This is what our people, who are aboriginals of this earth, have been talking about in other cultures when we have referred to them as devils. I hope that made sense. Now, listen. Floyd Mayweather, 48, no. I wonder how many of you are actually boxing fans versus those of you or boxing spectators. There is this science of boxing. Now listen to me carefully, because what I'm talking about really has nothing to do with sports. It has everything to do with you not being who you think you are. You think you're a fan. You're a spectator. You think you're not a hater, but you're a hater. Some of you think you are haters. You're correct. So you do. You are who you think you are. But what controls your life every day? What assists you to making the decisions that you make every day? Where's your standard of morality? What do you stand on as principles for what you live by? Because as we look at this, America has a a, a savage, vampirical bloodlust. And it's trickled down into these aboriginal peoples who now are enjoying bloodlust 
fantasies. A lot of the behavior that our people did not have at one time, once you came encounter with these other people who who had personality traits of deceitfulness, of lying, of being sore losers and spoiled brats, you took on a lot of those traits once you started to intermingle with them. And whereas we once used to look at some of those things from the outside, now what they've been doing from these particular groups of people who have had this in their culture for centuries has now passed down to us, and now it's in our communities. Certain things that I'm talking about. What do you really know about what governs your life? What do you really know? Manny Pacquiao is claiming to be a Christian. But one of the things Christians are supposed to follow is thou shalt not lie. Now listen, in this fight, they got HBO, Showtime, 24-7, looking at the training of all of the both of these fighters, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. Manny Pacquiao claims he had an injury before the fight that disallowed him to to get this shot. Well, the 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 uh, boxing association disallowed him to get this shot that would help his shoulder to to be better, and then he would have had a better fight. And although he thinks he's trying to pass to the people that he was a one-armed fighter, it didn't look like it to anybody watching the fight. He still wants the people to believe that he actually thinks he won the fight. But here's what I'm saying about thou shalt not lie. Watch this. This is what you all don't know as spectators. Look up Bob Arum's history, which is the promoter, and look up what Floyd Mayweather was trying to tell you all about Bob Arum and why he didn't want to deal with Bob Arum. Do you know this man has been implicated in multiple indictments of boxing fraud? Do you understand that Freddie Roach had one of my favorite uh, fighters who was actually from my home state? He's, he's, he's uh, Floyd Mayweather's. Uh, from Floyd Mayweather's hometown, excuse me, home state as well, James Tony. James Tony, under the training of Freddie Roach, was twice caught with foreign substances in his system. Freddie Roach has been implemented in his fighters using performance-enhancing drugs. Manny Pacquiao, for those of you who don't realize this, when the fight was originally scheduled, now I'm talking about character traits of people now. Now, you listen to me good. Manny Pacquiao, when the fight was originally trying to be negotiated some five years ago, Floyd Mayweather, his father and uncle, accused Manny Pacquiao 
of using performance-enhancing drugs. So Floyd Mayweather, knowing that others have done so, one of them is is our our brother Shane Mosley, who came out and admitted that he used the stuff. But even Floyd may have some questionable background in that, maybe. But here's the point. Floyd wanted Olympic-style blood testing because what had happened back during that time, Margarito Cotto, find out that Margarito's hands were laced. If you see this Margarito, Antonio Margarito versus Miguel Cotto fight, the first fight, it is brutal, it is bloody, and it is um, almost unbearable to watch. And they later find out that Margarito's hands were laced. Some type of plaster or something of that nature. Shane Mosley admits on the record, that this is five-something years ago, that during his fights with De La Hoya, he consciously knew he was using performance-enhancing drugs. So Floyd Mayweather discovering that a number of people in boxing were using these drugs wanted to do something to help purify the sport. They had already got a black eye from all of the dirty dealings of these promoters and these mob figures behind the sport at least clean up this about the sport, at least let it be fair. So he wants to implement, now listen carefully, Olympic-style blood testing, which is random blood testing all the way up to the day of the fight. This is five years ago. So Bob Arum, Freddie Roach, and Manny Pacquiao say, okay, we can do random-style blood testing, but we want to know when they're coming to blood test us. Now, what does that sound like? Then there was an email that was sent that said, this is five years ago, that said, well, if Manny tests positive, what would be the repercussions? Now, why would you send out an email in negotiations over a fight of these allegations that Floyd is making if there may not be some truth to it with Freddie Roach's history, with Bob Arum's history, why would you why would you send out an email like that? So, let's follow this. The fight does not get made 5 years ago. They accuse Floyd of trying to duck. Now, Pacquiao is going up and down in weight which has never happened in the history of boxing. He's fluctuating his weight up and down, up and down, up and down. Every other fighter who has done that has suffered greatly in their talent performances. 
There's no way in the world you're going to convince me that, Ma- that Manny Pacquiao, listen, I have been involved in boxing. I have said this to some of you all before. I was working with a heavyweight champ. He's retired now. I'm not going to put his name out in the public. Because some of these people, they don't want people to know that they're associated with your brother. Some of them, not this individual, but some of them are afraid. Some of these these guys I know that are famous, they, they fear this enemy where I don't. Anyhow, I worked with boxing and boxers. So I know this firsthand. This is not secondhand information that I'm sharing with you. Listen. You will never convince me that Manny Pacquiao was a better fighter than Roy Jones Jr. Well, Roy Jones Jr., who did also allegedly have some uh, performance-enhancing drugs uh, problems, allegedly. But no way in the world Manny Pacquiao is a better fighter than Roy Jones Jr., when Roy Jones Jr. jumps up, light heavyweight, heavyweight, wins the heavyweight title, jumps back down, jumps back up again, and is fluctuating all this and all his weight, that killed his career. That's when he started losing his his ability because if you understand, you're going to feel sluggish if you gain weight and it's not your proper body weight and then you're going to lose weight and you're going to lose your energy. I know this by being around martial artists, by being around athletes all of my life. They are very careful with weight control so that they can preserve a certain amount of power and energy in their sport. Every athlete on record, particularly boxers that have done these things and been successful at it, have been proven to have used steroids. And they want us to believe that Manny Pacquiao is the exception. So what ended up happening is when Manny Pacquiao started to get low on money, listen, I'm just giving you what I see. And I'm telling you this because I want you to look at personality traits, and I'm going to lead this to somewhere else, so just bear with me. When Manny Pacquiao gets low on money and he decides he's going to become a politician, now they're trying to beg for a Floyd fight because this would be the biggest uh, payday of their career. So what they had to understand he loses to Timothy Bradley. He gets knocked out by Juan uh, Manuel Marquez. Manny Pacquiao does, if you all don't know. He gets knocked out cold to where he's laying on his face in the ring for five-plus minutes. And at the same time, he's making this religious conversion. He's um, trying to become a politician, and he's low on money. Oh, we need to go and get a big fight. So now 
he has to get prepared to fight Floyd, who he knows if he's going to fight Floyd, and that whole camp knew if they were going to fight Floyd, that they were going to have to agree to that Olympic-style blood testing. So follow me. So now all of a sudden he takes two fights, Brandon Rios, Chris Algieri. And all of a sudden before that he couldn't fight in the U.S., he had to fight, and they said he wasn't going to ever fight in the U.S. again. How do I know this? Because I actually am a boxing fan. And so he wasn't ever going to fight in the U.S. again, but now he has money troubles. Now he gets knocked out cold. Now they're looking for a Floyd fight. So they set up two fights, which give them approximately a year or more so that Manny can get that stuff out of his system. Why am I saying this? Because leading up to this, if you watch Manny Pacquiao's um, body muscle structure, it was fluctuating. Some fights he would have very defined muscles. Other fights he would look a little bit flabby. Now, how are you going back and forth? And then you come back and all of a sudden your muscles are defined again. So the whole thing about what happened with this man's shoulder, I believe that the reason why they wanted these shots so bad, talking about it was a shoulder injury. I'm not saying he didn't have a shoulder injury at all. I'm saying before the fight, they're showing this on HBO 24-7, He's looking totally fine, and they're bragging about how they're going to beat Floyd Mayweather and that he's in the best shape of his life. Okay, maybe you don't want to reveal that you have some type of injuries. But when it comes down to market on the paper, whether he had an injured shoulder or not, they check off no. So they're disallowed to get the shot. I believe that the shot was going to be some type of performance-enhancing drug. I really believe this and that he may have had a shoulder injury, but that it was further aggravated in the fight. Probably at the end of the fight, and definitely not in the middle rounds, because it did not at all look as though this man had any type of injuries. And none of these boxers that were fighting, uh, these championship boxers, none of them believed that this man even showed any signs of an injury. So... I'm saying this to say something looks mighty suspicious. I am not accusing Manny Pacquiao of lying, but to present yourself as a Christian and all this evidence comes out against you that makes it look as though you're lying. You are not who you think you are. You're calling yourself a Christian, but yet you live a life of lies. That's the point of me telling you that story. See, it's not just Manny Pacquiao that I'm talking about. I'm using this as an example to show you that so many of you find it socially acceptable to be liars. And even when you're not outright lying, You're deceiving. 
So you'll leave out part of the truth with the intent to deceive. And then you can you convince yourself that you're leaving out part of the truth with the intent to deceive is not lying. Now, what kind of wicked soul has surrendered themselves to a total delusion that there's some pious, righteous individual calling themselves, it doesn't matter what religion it is, it could be Christianity, it could be Hebrew, it could be Islam, whatever. All of you in your walk of life have to deal with real personality demons, I will call them. And I don't care whether you're an Egyptologist, a Pan-Africanist, God of God is five percenter, a panther, black panther. It doesn't matter what you call yourself or identify with. You had the same struggle that every other people on this earth have, regardless of race, regardless of color, regardless of creed regardless of religion. You have to deal with the challenge of being truthful versus being a liar, telling lies, and or being deceitful and being deceiving. You got the same challenge that everybody else does. But some of you hide behind your religion. And you think of yourself as that which you identify as your said religion. And you tell yourself that that's who you are. But the actual root core principles of what you are claiming is not what you really are. People, you aren't who you think you are. This applies to your love relationships. No, it's not okay to tell a little white lie. No, it's not okay to be deceitful. Why is it so difficult for you to admit where you are wrong? And sisters, you are you sisters really got a problem with this. Because we're backed in the corner. You have so much anger towards the brothers that no matter how wrong you are, you will not admit it. And let me tell you something. I'm not saying all sisters like that, but let me tell you how this plays out. With both brothers and sisters, it's not just sisters. I'm not saying that. I'm just pointing this out to sisters so they can look at themselves a little differently. Because you all got them, these sisters gassed up. When you're wrong, brother and sister, admit it to yourself. And stop blame shifting. Stop looking to point fingers at others. Look at your contribution to what you did wrong, admit it and accept it for yourself, 
and do not add any other name, any other how or why in it. Well, the reason why I did this is because such and such did this. No, listen. If this individual goes and drinks strychnine, you're going to drink strychnine because they did it? You're going to poison yourself because they this other individual poisoned themselves? You're going to jump off the building because the other individual jumped off the building. Would, would that have to do with some type of influence that could happen upon you? Sure it could. But does it have to? No. What do I mean? What I mean is, I said this to our brothers in class. I said, listen, my teacher told me, he said, I came to him with a problem, and I was a little bit upset. I never would express my upsetness with my teacher like I was upset with him. I didn't have, I had too much respect for him. I would be very angry inside. But I had too much respect for him to talk to him sideways, as we say in the streets. So I said one day, I was speaking about him to him about something. He said to me, well, don't blame me for what you did wrong. I'm saying this to you, brothers and sisters. Don't blame me for what you did wrong. Don't blame him for what you did wrong. Don't blame her for what you did wrong. Don't blame them for what you did wrong. And that is what's wrong with our people. We keep blaming somebody else. We want to blame a whole entire race of people for what we did wrong. But in reality, you must be accountable for your own actions. And that is a major problem that we have. And that is one of the greatest problems that you have in your love relationships and why they are not progressing like you think that they should. Have you ever heard of the NBA? N as in Nancy. Most of us think of basketball. Actually, side note, let me speak on basketball. Look at this. LeBron James leaves Miami, goes to Cleveland, and now all of a sudden Cleveland is such a good team that they're in the finals going for the championship. They have a first-year head coach who has never coached an NBA team. They have LeBron James coming to a team of all new players. Then the team is so bad at the middle of the year that they got to make trades, and now they make these trades, all of a sudden this team is a championship contender. On the other end, you got Stephon Curry, who I really respect him and his talent because his father, if those of you don't know, his father was a sharpshooter as well, Dale Curry. And the reason for Stephon Curry's talent and success comes from his mother and his father being in his life. 
He learned a skill from his father. He got the balance from his mother in the nurturing. And that combining within him is why you see him with his daughter all the time. And I commend any Negro man in particular that shows to the public that he loves his children. Now, whether or not they belong in the interviews or not, that's something else. But he's showing and displaying that he loves his children. Derrick Rose the same. And all of those, Chris Paul, that you've seen bring their children out in front of you. They're displaying as men their love. I commend that. But on the other end, Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, first-year coach. Never in the history of the NBA has there been two first-year head coaches who have made it to the NBA Finals. Now, the, the Golden State Warriors, there's a reason behind why I'm saying this as well. Bear with me. Golden State Warriors, they were already a good team. So if you had a different coach, okay, maybe it'll take them all the way there. But LeBron, on the other side, coming to a team that's totally different with a brand-new head coach, the team is lousy in the middle of the year, and then all of a sudden they rise up to come into the finals, and you all think that this stuff is not controlled. There's an NBA that's a National Boxing Association. There's a CBA, Chinese Boxing Association. There was a former player, John Starks, used to play for the New York Knicks. He's mostly known for the New York Knicks, but he also played for the Warriors, Golden State Warriors. He partnered up with some other people in uh, Central and South America to start up another basketball league. Did you all know that? Have you all heard of the Lingerie League? Have you all heard of the United States Basketball League? Have you all heard of the American Basketball League? Do you understand that these are other leagues that are happening all around you and you have no idea that they exist? Where am I leading with this? I'm from Detroit. When I was younger in the 70s, we had Jack in the Box right down the street from my house. And as a young child, I used to love to go to Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box left Michigan in the 70s. I didn't even think there was such thing as a Jack in the Box anymore. And then one day I was watching basketball and I saw a Jack in the Box commercial. I came down and visited in the South. And they have Jack in the Box all over the South, Texas, and surrounding areas. So my life, listen to me, I thought Jack in the Box went out of business. Jack in the Box is a thriving business in the South. There were things going on in this country that are major. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, or Chick-fil-A, however you say it. I never heard of a Chick-fil-A. I heard it in a rap song. I didn't actually know that was real. I didn't know that they had that. I think they have it in New York and, and various areas. There are things going on around you that you do not even know.
that's something that I want to point out to you. Now, look. We've looked at today, thus far, personality traits. And I've touched on people hiding behind what they call their religious identity, but all of us have to deal with the same choices between right and wrong. But mostly you are looking at people who cannot admit to themselves or to others when they are wrong. So let me touch on female and male impotence. I want you to consider something that you have not considered, possibly. Our women on this earth do not realize, women in general don't realize this, I need to say this as cleanly as possible. There is a point when you're being intimate that you reach a height, which is the climactic experience of intimacy. Women in general have a far more difficult time than men do in reaching that point. There are very many women who cannot reach that point, do not reach that point, and never have for generations. Women have been raped for hundreds and thousands of years consistently. They have been raped psychologically they have been raped physically so part of the reason that it's so difficult for her to reach that point is because of fear and trust Some of you may think it's solely physical. So if you give the sister Dung Kwai, the herb Dung Kwai, or Angelica, if you give her that in your diet, that will help the physical challenges of reaching that point, right? The question is, are those herbs native to our aboriginal bodies? That's a whole other argument. I won't take that argument. But at this time, I won't. But if you put that in the diet, that will help that physical part, right? But it doesn't help the mental part. So it's more difficult for her to reach that point because of her inner self-hatred, anger, Disappointment, 
But more so than that, sister, explain to me, have you ever seen in your life any creation that could disobey the creator and be successful? Here's what I'm leading to. You can't be an unnatural woman talking about you want a real man. I listen to this. I saw I was at a location once and I saw one of our sisters, she was of elder age, meaning she was fifty plus in her years with wigs on selling natural herbal products. Why would you be wearing a weave but shopping at Whole Foods? Why would you be 400 pounds eating at Golden Corral Buffet? My point is, a lot of that which you think you are can be is wrong. You need to correct your thinking about yourself and be honest with yourself so that you can heal yourself from all these challenges. And with the sisters, your display of your self-hatred shows its face every day when you cannot wear your natural hair, but yet you will wear fake hair, weaves, and perms, talking about you want a real man, and you want him to perform a certain kind of way sexually. When you got fake hair, fake eyes, fake eyelashes, fake fingernails, makeup all over your face unnecessarily, But you want a real man to perform in this particular type of way. The problem is, is that you're so damaged psychologically. You cannot find what you're looking for in promiscuity. You cannot find sexual, real, quote unquote, sexual gratification in your promiscuous lifestyle. You don't see that nature has designed it that you will never be fulfilled in chasing lust. And the women don't so much so lust after sexual uh, desires, but they lust after other types of things like material desires or even attention. They lust after attention. I'm not saying all across the board, but predominantly this is the nature in which you created in that you have not addressed yet. And so when you don't get those things that fulfill your lustful desires, it builds up more hatred, more anger, more self-hate for yourself, more hatred towards others, towards the opposite sex in particular. And because of the centuries of rape, 
you've got to have a total reconstruction of your mind, and you've got to be able to actually love and trust a man in order to intimately experience the things that you have a right to experience if you can just move all of that garbage out of the way. Now, sisters, I'm saying this out of love to you. But you think that you are something that you are not. So you will blame a man and his performance intimately on him, not dealing with your issues. And the real issue is those of you who are blaming performance issues on one another, be it male or women or men or men or women, is because all of you are only chasing lust for your own vain sake. Because when you find someone that you can love and trust and feel that compatibility with and that real commitment and bond, you don't understand. That's all the intimate satisfaction that you need. You don't understand that yet. But if you put it to practice, you'll get there. You're not going to find what you're looking for in skirt chasing, brother. If Dr. Dre, if Ice Cube, if um, Eminem, if all the most popular rappers on the planet, Ja Rule, all of them, they get married, Snoop Dogg. They have wives. Even Master P had a wife. He's getting divorced now, but here's my point. They have all these women at their disposable, yet they make the choice to choose one. And don't make the mistake in thinking they're choosing one just for the sake of she's going to accept me just going out and just going through all these different um, jump-offs. No. I'm sure some of them might accept that. But, no, it's something more of value, brother. When you find a woman that is cooperative, and that's what you need to be looking for is a cooperative woman. One that's going to cooperate with you. You want to find the type of woman that can listen to your instruction, but one that's not going to take any nonsense from you. She's not going to just do whatever you just tell her to do or try to get her to do. No. If it makes sense, then it's something she should be able to deal with. If it doesn't make sense, she should be able to tell you that, no, that doesn't sound right to me. And if she has any sense, she should be able to say, well, how about viewing it from this point? Maybe we can add this, but how about this? Then the two of you can reason together and you can grow together, and that's what builds a stronger bond. You're not going to have that type of bond with everybody, brother. Sister, you're not going to have that type of bond with everybody. What you're going to have is consistent trails of heartache, pain, anger, suffering, and then you're going to come out saying love sucks and making songs like love sucks. You're going to be blaming the opposite sex. 
for everything wrong in your life. Sister, this is how you contribute in your own relationship to male impotence. I want to give you a picture of something. All that wickedness that comes out of your mouth, all of that hatred that you spew, why would a man want to touch you after that sexually? I'm not talking about a young 18-year-old. I'm talking about a man that starts to grow and starts to realize, wait a minute. I used to look at her in a certain light, and now that light is dim. Here's my point. Sister, we as brothers need you. We need your cooperation. We need your support. But most of all, we need your comfort. When we go out in the world trying to build a better life, trying to sift through all this different stuff out there to figure out what's going on, there's not a lot of choices that we're able to be exposed to and come across information that can empower us as men and help us to grow and lead ourselves and be qualified to be good men in a relationship. There's not a lot out there. So when we make a choice that we want to be dedicated to you, but yet your mouth is full of things to tear us down, as my teacher told me, that's why the brothers have drug abuse and alcoholism problems because they can't go home to that woman that they can't face here in her mouth when they want to go home to some comfort. And the only way that they can figure to medicate themselves is through narcotics and alcoholism. My teacher was a psychologist. And and he studied sexual behavior, and I studied under him. Now, I didn't get any degrees in any of that stuff, but he did. And he took those studies and entered into the spiritual world with what he studied, and he combined them, and with the elders that that I studied with, they all taught us these things, and these things have been helpful to me. And they've been helpful to those that I share them with and all those whom they touched. Sister, you can be constructive in your criticism and deliver it with love. But, brother, you don't even realize a part of the reason why you don't even feel that same intimate drive and why you start to think that it's something just physical. It is not something just physical, man. Some of you feel trapped in your marriages. Some of you feel trapped in your relationships. And yet it's an all-out war between the two sexes. And it's hurting the real intimate part of your life. 
Sister, let me describe this to you. Some of you understand and some of you may not. But if every time you went around this particular man and he starts to hit you and physically put bruises on you, sooner or later you're going to go around him and all he has to do is flinch and you're going to jump. Right? Okay. Here's what you don't understand about men. We are built to deal with, let's say, disagreements and combativeness, combativeness through physical altercations. Listen, if a brother has a problem with a brother, it can quickly rise to a physical altercation. Because of our nature, we can rise to want to feel like it's time to throw blows very quickly. And we're used to doing that. This is not an excuse. This is the reason, or one of the reasons anyway, that we are the way we are. So now you have to understand that there are certain words that are being used towards us in the streets when we run into other men or brothers or or guys that can trigger certain responses from us that make us want to throw blows. Now, when we run into you and you use these words, it becomes difficult to make that switch. So you incite us to want to throw blows at you. I'm not saying that this is right. I'm not making an excuse because no man should hit a woman. If you cannot talk your way through it, brother, walk away. If you can't talk, then walk. But you, sister, will incite the violence to come out of a man with your mouth. Don't be sensitive, sister. Just listen to me. I'm telling you this out of love. I'm not trying to offend you, so please don't be offended. I'm trying to help you. And if you listen, maybe you can help yourself and help the future of your babies and their relationships. So when we're not able to carry out a physical altercation after being provoked and incited, this provides inner turmoil for us, and we have no release. So what do you think is going to happen to a young man that does not know how to deal with his woman and talk to his woman and she doesn't know how to deal with him and talk to him properly? What do you think is going to happen to him when he doesn't have a father to teach him these things or a mother that understands that? He's raised by a single-parent home. He's going to have to take that 
anger and aggression out some kind of way. He's going to have to take it out in gang violence. He's going to have to take it out in pimping on women and beating them. He's going to have to take it out and getting high and getting drunk. Very few of us are lucky enough to become fighters. That we have an outlet for our aggression. But what about that school teacher or that guy that works at the, at the car plant or that guy that has a, a commercial engineering job or works at the phone company? What about him? Now, he's stuck in a world that he does not understand. Now, he might not understand this about himself. He's stuck in a world that he does not understand. He has to deal with this, and he doesn't know how. And you can back him into a corner and provoke him. Now, here's the problem. Sister, do you think you would be really intimately desirous to give yourself to a man and love and entrust completely that physically abuses you, don't you think there will be some reservation or some type of blockage? Well, that's the same thing that happens with us. Because the balance in nature is that you may not have the physical strength that we have but you definitely have the mouth strength. And your mouth can injure us. And where you think, you can point at us and think that that's a weakness. You can do that all you want. And you can think you have that over us. But here's what you better learn, sister. When a man becomes a man, and he stands on the principles of truth and righteousness and knows what it means to be a man and knows what he expects from his woman, knows his duty as a man and knows what he expects from the duty of his woman. Now he develops a mouth on him that gets you running. And he doesn't have to raise his hand to you anymore. All he has to do is open his mouth and speak the truth. And now you got to deal with the fact that you aren't who you thought you were. You said you wanted a strong man. You said you wanted a man that would treat you right. But what you actually want is somebody to kiss your feet and bow down to you and not tell you the truth about yourself so you can live in that fantasy world. And so what do you expect? Brother, if you're physically abusing this woman, you expect her to really deep down inside have your best interest at heart. You don't think that at some point in the back of her mind she's trying to think about how to protect herself. Don't you know that self-preservation is a, a natural instinct that everybody went back into a corner is going to be thinking about self-preservation to some greater or lesser degree? Sister, sometimes your words are like physical blows to us as men. And you turn us off intimately. 
And sometimes we don't understand this. We can't compute it. Particularly when you get older and you can't understand, wait a minute, man, when I was younger, I didn't care how much we argued, we could make up and be like some some rabbits in the bed in the bed bedroom. But when you get older and you start to not want to go through all this drama and this hell and this hellacious life that you call a relationship, when you stop no longer wanting that and you start seeing things bigger and brighter than that, then the same lustful, heated, young passions will not suffice. So what you thought was love was actually lust when you got together with this individual in your youthful days. And you swore to God you love him, but you're not who you think you are, and you don't have what you think you have. You thought you had love for them. So now, sister, your words become like physical punches to us without us being allowed to punch back, in some cases anyway. For most cases, all of us are taught as brothers, you're not supposed to hit a woman. And you're talking about a man that has the biological makeup and instinct to exert aggression, not negative aggression, but positive aggression. When we were in the schoolyard, when we got into it with a schoolyard bully, we could fight, and guess what? We'd make up and be the best of friends. That happened to me a number of times when I was young. So there's something written in our nature that says to us as men that when we get into these types of conflicts with others and we go to blows, we respect one another from that point on, and we develop a deeper bond as brothers. As crazy as that is, it happens. But it's not supposed to happen with us putting our hands and feet to physically abuse these sisters. And sisters, if you learn how to curve your mouth, and be more constructive and considerate and conscious of the words that you use towards these brothers. You're going to find your relationship is going to improve. But you, in your mind, thinks the more that you are harsh and critical as a woman towards a man, you think that that's going to improve it. You think that if he can't take your mouth, you're just going to move to the next man that can. None of us want to hear your mouth, me included. And that's a design by nature. Because we as men have the obligation to produce something that's going to help to keep that mouth closed. And so when the mouth is closed from a, from a positive point of view and there's no negative words coming out, then the positivity out of you as a woman can grow and, and glow from you. So, sisters, there's a whole facet of things that are coming from you that help to kill our intimate desire for you. And, brothers, when you're not standing up as a man, 
when you're not being a man, there's a whole facet of things that help to keep that woman entrapped from opening herself up to you and getting past that female impotence that she doesn't even know is there. That society is not even talking about it. They may say that a few females have a slight dysfunction, but they're not telling you the psychological aspects of it. I'm just touching on the surface. And if you apply some of these things, then maybe you'll start to see the results that I've been seeing of all the people around me over the years that we've shared this with as I was taught from my teachers. And my teacher showed me. All your relationships get progressively worse when you're worldly. I don't care if you call yourself conscious. You aren't who you think you are because you don't even have the actual solid moral principles of the people that you claim to be. And because you can't apply those principles in your life, because you're not living by a standard that is progressive and positive for real. Now, you you talk a good game, and you pose as though you are who you say you are, but you're not who you say you are, not really, deep down in your core. Because when you start to, brothers and sisters, admit to yourself first, where you are wrong and what you have done wrong with no side excuses, no ands, ifs, or buts, no, they did this and that caused me to do that, no. No, if they do this, then people are going to view me this way, no. You are in denial. You are jealous, and you are a jealous individual, and you will not admit it. You won't even consider that you're a jealous individual. You won't even consider how hateful and angry you are. You are lying to yourself. So my point is, sisters, your words and tribute to a man not wanting to physically be with you. You don't hear me. Your improper selection of words, your wicked and vile, detestable mouth. You don't often hear me beat up on the sisters. I always point the finger at the brother first. But, sisters, you need a reality check. And I'm not saying every single one of you fits the bill. I'm saying that every single one of you is capable of fitting the bill. No different than every single one of us is capable. Listen, when we stop thinking that we're alone on this earth, that it's just us, that we're just the exception to the rule, when we stop, when we get rid of that vanity, then we'll get the real reality check we need. 
you and our people have some wicked ways about us. And your practices and your thoughts about relationships are only going to further destroy every relationship you attempt to have because you do not have a moral compass for how you're going to be successful in a relationship. And you go read these Romans magazines, these romance Romans magazines, and then you get confused because half of their population is lesbian and homosexual, and you don't even understand that and where that comes from. You don't know the history of that, so you don't understand what's going on out here in America. Then you start to raise children who don't understand it, and they get confused about their sexuality, and they go out here and experiment. That's a whole nother argument. I won't go there. What I start off trying to show you today the devil and Skip Bayless, I want to show you these wicked personality traits that exist in people on this earth. And I also wanted to point out that they existed in particular cultures and still do exist in particular cultures. So that wicked practices, wicked thoughts, evil and demonic and devilish behaviors are continuously taught and passed on from generation generation. And what I wanted to show you is that some of our people being integrated with those other cultures that have this behavior, that you cannot take them for their word, that you cannot uh, expect them to honor their own word or their contracts, then that behavior started to integrate into us when we integrated with them. And so homosexuality and lesbianism came with that integration. Not that it never existed before, but do you understand that there was a time on this earth where there were no homosexuals or lesbians? Do you understand that? For thousands of years, do you understand that in history you can pinpoint a time where this behavior started? So then you had an argument, well, some people are born that way. Well, listen. If I'm trying to explain and get you to see that there are cultures of people that have this type of wicked behavior where they're dishonorable people and they culturally practice it and they teach it to their offspring, okay, well, what do you think happens with any other type of behavior? It has an origin, and then that origin is practiced and is kept up and passed down. And so now you have children that are born into it because of their culture. And now they don't recognize the right from the wrong, and they fall into that type of culture regardless of how they think or feel inside. How in the world is Bruce Jenner in his 60s wanting to become a woman? He had money 40 years ago. But he, he's been married three times, but yet he's a woman who's attracted to women. Inside of him, he thinks he's a woman that's attracted to women. In order to produce children, you have to be sexually aroused as a man to produce children. And that makes sense to you all? I want to show you 
a people who have historically had this type of devilish, deceitful, dishonorable behavior and not honoring their handshakes and their deals. Now I want to show you what you look like. Because you aren't who you think you are. Brothers and sisters, side note. This is this is going to be comparative to this, but this is a side note. I'm at the gas station, right? So there's a Spanish-speaking brother, Mexican. He sees my consort. He doesn't realize that she's with me because she's standing in front of me in the line. He begins to speak Spanish to her. This is a woman who my consort, Sister Tor, she has lighter skin, but she definitely has woolly hair. And it's wavy woolly, but, you know, she's wearing her natural hair. It looks beautiful. But he begins to speak Spanish to her. And then she tells him, no, she's not Mexican. Then she tells him, no, she's not Puerto Rican. So then she's like, then he's like, are you married? Now he's talking to Spanish. And then she says, yes, and then she points back to me. So he's like, like kind of confused, like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be one of us, and what's going on here? She leaves out, we both leave out, I come back in. Then he starts speaking to me in Spanish. Now, I don't speak Spanish because I can't speak as quickly as they can, but for some reason I understand it. I understand some of the words, so I do understand it somewhat because I know other languages. I I can pick up certain things, and I understand it. I can't explain to you, but there's certain things I understand. So he's talking to me in Spanish, and he says to me, so wait a minute, You're tell- this is what the man's saying in Spanish. You're telling me that you don't speak Spanish? I said, no, I don't. I said it in English. No, I don't. And he said, so how are you understanding what I'm saying? I said, I can understand. I said it in English. He said it in Spanish. I said, there's certain things that I do understand and certain things that I don't know what you're saying, but for some reason I can understand it. So he's like, no, you're kidding me. You, you really do speak Spanish. He thought I spoke Spanish. Dark complexion, woolly hair. Now, he figured that because my consort looked like she spoke Spanish, that if I was with her, that I obviously had to speak Spanish. So he continues to talk to his son, stand next to him. He says, can you believe he doesn't speak Spanish? And he says to me in Spanish, he says, well, you're telling me that you haven't been speaking Spanish since the time you were little till you grew up? You've never spoken Spanish? I said, no, I haven't. (laughs) But it's confusing him because he doesn't know how I know what he's saying. (laughs) And I'm telling you the reason why is because South America, Central America, Brazil, and what have you, is more Spain. That was the point of what I'm saying. Now, this is how we look. 
I was explaining how other people look and how other people have had particular behavior and why we have called them and labeled them as devils. We were talking about their behaviors. You misinterpreted as skin color. But if a particular people that are of a particular national origin in a particular skin color have a particular behavior, then sooner or later that behavior is going to be reflective of that skin in the eyes of outsiders. Now let's reverse it and put it on you, and let's look at you. Let's look at us. I was riding in an automobile, flipping the radio stations, and I heard this song from Nicki Minaj. On the radio, I heard this song. This was maybe a week or so ago. This is 2015. And I thought back to when I spoke on something similar to this back in 2011, 2012. With one Rick Ross and his song, BMF, I believe it is. And he says... I think I'm Big Meech, Larry Hoover, whipping work, hallelujah, one nation under God, will get money from the effing start, and how him and his records, talking about his his veins are full of cocaine, and this is one of the popular artists, and that song came out, Nine years ago, I heard this song that I had to look up because I couldn't believe the lyrics I was hearing because of this Little Wayne verse. This song is called Truffle Butter. I'm going to read some of the lyrics the best way I can without including the vulgarity. Are you thinking out loud I could be broke and keep a million-dollar smile? Laugh out loud to the bank checking my account, bank teller flirting after checking my account. Pretty ladies, are you here? Truffle butter on your P-word. Cuddle buddies on the low. You ain't gonna gotta tell your friend that I eat it in the morning because she's gonna say I know. So he's saying he eats truffle butter in the morning. But obviously you might be able to tell what he's really saying. Forgive me for the lyrics I'm about to read, but you all need to hear this. Can I hit it in the bathroom? Put your hands on the toilet. I'll put one leg on the tub. Girl, this this my new dance move. I just don't know what to call it. But bitch, you dancing with the stars. I ain't nothing like your last dude. What's his name? Not important. I put some cocaine. You can snort it. I bought some cocaine. You can snort it. Excuse me. She became a vacuum. 
put it on my D word like carpet. Suck the white off like chocolate. I'm so heartless, thoughtless, lawless, and flawless. Smallest regardless, largest in charge. And born in New Orleans, get killed for Jordans. Skateboard, I'm gnarly. Drake, Tanucci, and Barbie, you know. Here's a man who's describing the use of cocaine. Now, first of all, whether he uses it or not is almost irrelevant because he's propagating the use of it. And here he's saying all these vulgar things in this music, and I heard this on the radio, and they were bleeping out certain words, obviously, but the meaning of it was clear. So in my mind, I immediately thought, wait a minute, Lil Wayne is one of the top five artists on the planet Earth today. You got Jay-Z, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Drake, Lil Wayne. They're the top five on the earth today. And here is what is in his lyrics on Nicki Minaj's song. Following that, now listen, (laughs) I hear a song that I, I was trying to make out. I never heard the song before, and it's Eminem's voice. And I hear Eminem speaking about God. And I'm saying to myself, now this cannot be Eminem. I'm saying to myself, what in the world is Eminem doing rapping about God? So as soon as I got the opportunity to, I tried to look it up and I found it. This is a song by one Yellow Wolf. And it has Eminem on it. Now listen to the chorus of Yellow Wolf's song. To the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I hold you nearest, my best friend, best friend. Let the trumpets blow with your appearance. I can almost hear it, my best friend, best friend. When you wish me hell upon my soul and spirit, behold these lyrics, I got a best friend, best friend. Yeah, I got a best friend, best friend, yeah. I don't know much about Holy Bibles, but I grew up in the Bible Belt. I put my love for a woman on idol because I got beat with my mama's belt. (laughs) Now, these are some of the lyrics, and I'm not going to continue to read it. I wanted to show you the difference in dynamic here. Yes, there's something actively wrong with our people who praise and worship every wicked and detestable thing, and you don't even know that you're praising and worshiping it. 
see, there becomes a there comes a time where there's a standard of lyrics that are impressionable, impressionable on on people, but impress other people by being what they call so creative in how much they can express their misogyny, how much they can express their drug abuse, their hatred and disdain for truth and righteousness, and this is popular, and this is what people are spending their money on. This is what our people look like. Every lyric of this song, there is a movie called School Dance. It has a brief appearance by Kevin Hart. It has um, Mike Epps. It has Amber Rose in a brief appearance. And some other name stars that I can't think of at this moment. And this movie, there's teenagers who's a rap group. I can't remember their name. They're rapping about sexual exploits with teachers and mothers. And everything in this movie from start to finish was designed, wait, it was written and produced by Nick Cannon, by the way, and it was designed to be appealing to Negroes in America. And that this movie and that these songs are our form of entertainment. And what we fail to realize is when you see that movie and when you listen to these lyrics, this is the behavior. Don't tell me that these people are not doing this stuff just because they write it down. Well, if you don't do it, you don't write it. If you don't do it, you don't propagate it. Oh, well, they have the right to write whatever they want to write. They're artists. Yeah, they had the right to do that. But they also had the right to receive the repercussions of what they put out there. They're participating and propagating the negative outlook of our people to the entire earth. And you wonder why these police officers are gunning our babies down. This is what they see. They see these rappers' lyrics in the everyday behavior in our people. They see this movie's content in the everyday behavior of our people. And whether we like it or not, there's nobody to blame but us. Nobody to blame but us. Brothers, our absence in raising our children is helping to perpetuate these lost souls, and these young men and women. Sisters, your inability to properly choose the right man for yourself, on top of it, your inability to comprehend 
how to properly communicate with him is assisting and producing more savage beasts from your womb. I have to tell you the truth so you can look at this. Your religion is not helping it. Your philosophy is not correcting it. Your ideology is not stopping it. Because ultimately, everything that you're doing, and some of you are calling this in the conscious community, you're calling this consciousness. But part of consciousness is being awake, being alert, and being aware. And if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know your individual life history, your bloodline, what are you conscious of? You can't generalize your bloodline's history. The conscious community is against the Bible, right? A lot of them are. But that's because they are confusing idolatry with the Bible. And all the people that they run into that are claiming to use the Bible are idolaters at best. Don't be offended. I'm just telling the truth. So when they run into these people that keep perpetuating, I don't care if they call themselves Hebrews, Muslims, whatever. When they run into these people that keep perpetuating idolatry, their mind is wired different. They see through that, but they're not seeing through the confusion of equating the scriptures with that idolatry. But on top of it, the conscious community has taken their philosophies and their ideologies, and they've also become idolatries. None of which are addressing the very simple issue that you are not who you think you are. You are not even who you claim to be. And I'm not talking about nationality. That can be included. But I'm talking about your everyday behavior. I can go back for 10 to 15 years of rap lyrics. I can go back to 20 years of rap lyrics. Now they got this movie, and you're going to see the same thing. And now they got this movie. Bessie starring Monique and uh, Queen Latifah, and now Bessie Smith was supposedly a lesbian or bisexual. All of a sudden, I'm a musician. I never heard that coming up about her. Mom's baby, all of a sudden, now she was a lesbian. Nonetheless, maybe it was true, whatever. Here's my point. I can go back to the time of Bessie Smith in the racy records. I don't mean race records. I mean racy as in lyrically um, filthy records. They had records back then, and you see it in the movie of Bessie, that were likened on to a Luke Skywalker and the two live crew, uh, a, a two short. Um, 
uh, MJG, uh, Pimp C, all of these really filthy Little Kim, Nicki Minaj types of songs. They had them back then. But it didn't perpetuate the masses of our behavior. They had that in the blues music. They still have it in blues music. Clarence Carter, I'll be stroking. And my point is, look at our entertainment. Look at what we enjoy and what we get laughs at, what we like to see, why that is funny. There is nothing funny about raping a woman. There's nothing funny about jail rape or prison rape of a man. In the content of our comedians, which is why I like more of a D.L. Hughley type of comedy because of his broad topics. But the content of the masses of the comedy is just filth. And vulgar language. And then flatulation is, is a, a famous topic. Or some type of sex act is a topic. Across all the board on the majority of our comedians. And so everything that our people have to turn to for enjoyment really seems to be segregated into one area of a cesspool for the masses of our people. Now, of course, there is conscious hip-hop. Of course, there is slam poetry. Of course, there's other types of music and music art forms. But the popular one, listen, the popular one is rap. The one that has the most influence on the masses of the minds of our children is rap music. The one that reflects our actual behavior is rap music. The things that we draw to, the things that we enjoy. Even in the battle raps, they can't even do battle raps. Listen, there are battle rap leagues that are controlled by non-Negro people that don't allow gun bars or gun verses. But our battle leagues, we praise how creatively you can kill your brother in a song with a gun. But what I'm telling you is, this is reflective of our behavior, and we need a reality check because we think that we love each other so much. When we don't, we're faking it. You don't really love your brothers and sisters like you claim. I don't care whether you're conscious or unconscious or whatever you identify with. When you break it down to the real hardcore raw reality of are you putting into practice in your daily life, and in your convictions, real things that are positive in your moral character. And because that is absent from us, largely, that which is influencing us and our babies is negative and is wicked. Because of that, this is how we are viewed by other people on this earth. And this is the stuff that a civilized being would not like about us. 
And when we grow up, we're not going to use such filthy language. We're not going to be vulgar in our expressions. Our comedians have to be vulgar and disrespectful in order to entertain us and make a dollar. Our artists, rappers, have to be vulgar. And the more vulgar vulgar they are, the more money they make, the more they put down our women, the more money they make. And it is praised by us. We got people that are modeling, modeling their lives after Little Kim, Nicki Minaj, Foxy Brown, Jay-Z, Too Short, Pimp C. And so now every artist that comes out has to be some pimp, some drug dealer, some game banger, or some whore. Or a harlot, which is even worse than a whore. And so they sell the most records, get the most attention on them as artists, and make the most money for them being the most heinous beings on the earth while everybody's sitting back laughing at us as the court jesters that they've become. America has a bloodlust, which is why they didn't appreciate the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. They don't appreciate the science of boxing, neither do they know it, because they're not fans. They are spectators. They are casual spectators that don't really understand boxing. This UFC is part of the revived Roman Empire's old practices of bloodthirsty, bloodlust battle. And when they don't see that in boxing, which was always an artistic science that goes back thousands of years, you can see that on the walls of Kemet, martial arts and boxing. That's one area you can see it. You can see it in other areas, but I'm going to use that as an example because a lot of you relate to that. But when they don't see that blood lust fulfilled in a fight that is scientifically magnificent, such as what what Mayweather did to Pacquiao. When you can appreciate the science of boxing, do you understand the science of boxing is the square circle? Do you understand that there's a red corner and a blue corner? Do you know what the red corner and the blue corner represent? Do you know the history behind why they started, quote-unquote, prize fighting? Do you know what's actually going on around you? Can you admit to yourself that you aren't who you really think you are? I'm talking about in your behavior. I'm not even, I didn't even get to your nationality today. I'm talking about your behavior. You think you're not a jealous individual, but you are. You think you're not a hater, but you are. You think you're not hateful and angry and dis- mentally disturbed and mentally ill, but you are. You're not in your natural mind. You can't be in your natural mind, sister, if you won't even wear your natural hair and be your natural self and be that which your creator made you from the womb. And you don't even feel comfortable with yourself being your natural self, and yet you'll go talk about you worshiping a real God. And how can somebody that's representing the real creator allow you to feel comfortable 
with you walking in there with your fake self, fake hair, fake eyes, and other nationalities don't have to do that. They can go into their churches and places of worship and be their natural selves, but you don't feel comfortable unless you come looking a certain kind of way. I love you, sister. That's why I tell you the truth. I know that it may hurt, but it's supposed to hurt because truth hurts. It is not me trying to be abrasive to you. It is me trying to love you enough to tell you the truth so you can start your healing. And if a man has any kind of guts, and he's not trying to just bed you down, he would not be afraid to tell you the truth. I'm not out here trying to bed down as many sisters as I can. I have a consort. I have a woman. I am happy with where I am. It has nothing to do with polygamy, anything like that. It has nothing to do with whether I practice polygamy or not. That's all aside. I'm not a skirt chaser. I'm not selfish and self-centered. I don't have to have multiple women just for the sake of having multiple women. It's not about sex and fulfillment of lust. Polygamy was never about fulfilling your sexual lust. Lust is never going to be fulfilled. It is nothing but destructive for you. And you're so confused that you don't understand the difference between love and lust and intimacy and sex and all of these different things. You're confused about it. So you think that your idea of life, uh, excuse me, about your intimate life is solely based on some type of pleasure. So what's the difference in that than a drug? Because all you've done is replace drugs with your sex life and your sex life with drugs so that your sex life becomes a drug and your drugs become a placebo for your sex life. And sometimes in order to perform in a certain way, you require drugs. And when all of that wears off and there's no substance to this act that you've entered into, to this intimacy that you've entered into, when all of that wears off, there's nothing left to hold you and that individual together. Because real love produces the real intimate satisfaction that you need in order to conquer all of those wicked, lustful demons. And that is what will grow as you get older. And that is what will make your relationships be better. But you got to start by admitting to yourself where you are wrong and that you are wrong and that you are all these things that you're claiming not to be. But you're hiding behind your title that you call Christianity or Hebrewism or Islam or whatever you call it, Pan-Africanism, God and Goddess, gods and earth. You're hiding behind these things. And this is why the real root core of what you're learning in these things is not going to benefit you. And it's why it is not solving these problems. Because you've got to deal with the reality that all of us have the same things to deal with. Hell, monkeys got the same thing to deal with to some greater or lesser degree. Lions got the same thing to deal with. Gorillas got the same thing to deal with. Bears and all of the above. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm going to close very shortly. 
And I want to say something to you. If we can just stop pointing fingers at other people and adding them into adding them into our excuses for our behavior, blame shifting, trying to appear as though we're superior to one another. You're arguing and debating about this and that is divisive and ridiculous. And you're contributing to us being divided and conquered at our own hand. Why? Because when you're really sincere about it, you'll sit down with your brother and you'll say, come, let us reason together and let us work it out with a sincere intent. But that's not the intent of this that's going on. You say, come, listen to what I got to say and accept what I got to say, only what I got to say. And you disregard opening your ears and your heart to your brother and your sister. And that is why these people of ours are struggling the way that we do. We are divided and conquered at our own hand. That is what produces the disunity amongst us. We have the ability to unify. We prove that. We got all types of groups all around, and all of them are unified within themselves. But within themselves, but they don't unify with one another because there's too much hating, too much hatred and hating. You don't even realize the depth of your jealousy. And when you break down the very definition of jealousy, you'll be in denial. You're in denial about your own faults. You are beautiful people. And you have beautiful things about you. We have beautiful things about us. And we can be better than what we are. But if all we're hearing is one-sided how great we were and how wicked everybody else is, or if all we're hearing is just that we did nothing wrong and we're just victims, we are in denial and we are delusional. And something and someone has got to tell us the truth. But it doesn't begin to spread until you begin to sit down alone and reflect upon yourself and focus on what is real and what is true. And add these things to your daily behavior. I'm saying this out of love because we need to hear it. You aren't who you think you are. Caucasian people aren't who they think they are. They think they're so pious. Right? But yet they've dishonored contracts. We think we're so holy and we love each other so much, yet we display our own hatred. We don't see ourselves through the eyes of others. 
We don't see our behavior. We don't see how far astray we've gone. It is madness to think, sister, that you do not need a man in order to raise a child. You don't actually need a man to have Federal Reserve notes to put food in that child's stomach and all those other things that are required, but there's something that a man provides that you cannot replace. I don't care if you get a gender transformation, and I don't care how much you think you can be above nature itself. You are not above nature. You are not above the creation of your creator. If you're in a woman's body, you were created to be in a woman's body. If you're an aboriginal woman, that is. I'm not going to speak on these other nations. I'm talking about the Negroes, Latinos, Natives. These are the aboriginals. And in saying that, you were created to be a natural woman. Your Latina sister, she wears her natural hair most of the time. But you, sister, you don't. And it's because you don't take pride and have natural love for your natural hair. So that's a reflection of your own self-hatred. Brother, whenever you can put your hands on your sister and hit her and hit this woman and kick this woman and mentally abuse her and otherwise, you do not have real love and respect for yourself. Because you're not going to get that out of the woman which you think you deserve until you can get in her the qualifications of your own trustworthiness. It's got to be rooted in her. And sometimes it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. And sometimes there may be tough days. Sometimes you may argue. Yes. That's a fact of life, man. But if you argue less than what you used to and you get along better and better each day, that's an improvement, man. But stop arguing over emotional ideas and start dealing with reason and logic and truth. Start admitting that you're wrong and stop blame shifting. Stop trying to get the shift, the, 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 the blame off of you. Stop it. Take it, accept it, admit it to yourself, if nothing else. And once you start doing this, even if you're doing it privately, look at what you contributed to whatever went, took place. Now, if you're walking down the street and somebody out of nowhere comes and clubs you over the head and steals your pocketbook or steals your wallet or whatever, now, I'm not saying that you have something to blame in that situation. I'm saying let's use some common sense. You're in a relationship, you claim the love, but yet you don't have the tolerance to deal with the real individual that you see springing up in front of your face. And they keep looking like a brand-new individual every day, like you didn't know them, and you've been with them for five, six, seven, ten years, and they look new to you every day. I didn't know you were like that. Had I known like that back then, I'd have probably never got with you. You weren't looking with your real eyes, so you didn't realize what you should have realized with your real eyes, which is the real commitment 
responsibility that it takes to build us up. And we're going to get it. And the more of us start talking this stuff and start circulating it, it's going to start to heal us. You don't have to claim a religion. If you do claim a religion, fine, then put the actual principle to practice for God's sake. If you call yourself a Christian, then don't be a liar. Don't tell a little white lie. Don't call the sick, talk, call the work sick talking about you're sick and you're not. That's a lie. Don't practice a life of lies. Well, if I don't call in sick, I can't get the day off. Use some time off. Use your, your, your vacation time. Do whatever, but stop lying, man. Stop being deceitful, which is telling half-truths to get somebody to sway their mind away from what you're trying to hide from them and suffice them with the truth that you deliver all the time knowing that you're trying to hide something else. That's deceitfulness. Hopefully this means something. Hopefully you hear me. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.